Welcome to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, the podcast for HVAC contractors who are ready to quit screwing around and begin growing their business. Powered by Rival Digital. On this show, you'll hear from industry leaders and become equipped with the tools and knowledge you need to build a world-class business. Now, here's your host, Eric Thomas. Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast. My name is Eric Thomas. I'm the host of the show. Uh, Before we get going, you all know it's coming and I'm going to have to do it anyways. If you are listening to this show and you find any value out of it, you've enjoyed it, you've laughed, you've cried, you've rethought the way you've run your business, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It would mean the world to us. Today, we are joined by Zach Garside from Power Selling Pros, and we are excited to dive into uh, some different topics here in regards to call centers and CSRs and how you can help uh, increase the conversion rate from inbound calls and all that good stuff. So, Zach, how are you doing? What's up? I'm just peachy. How are you? I'm doing great. Peachy is awesome. Yeah, man. Are you in, are, are you in Georgia? No. Uh, <laughs> I'm in Utah. Utah. All right. Yeah. Zach, why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself, tell our listeners a little bit more about what you do over at PSP. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell a story to, to kick it off, I suppose. So six years ago, I was a... Uh, college freshman and Brigham Dickinson, who many people may know is the founder of Power Selling Pros. Uh, he and my dad were friends when I was growing up and I've always had sort of a thing for speaking and coaching. So he came to me one day and said, Hey, you want to coach customer service people? And I said, yeah, what the heck? Let's do this. So I got a gig at Power Selling Pros coaching CSRs and just loved it kind of loved the industry i thought that the home services provided a really awesome career path for not only myself but people all over who are my in my age group you know mm-hmm. um and it was significantly better than all of the uh you know stuck up giant companies that came and recruited from universities you know like the financial sector and the tech world yeah. i tried i took a stab at that stuff and it didn't quite work out so i decided to stick with the trades um so today yeah i'm the director of marketing for power selling pros and uh, it's my job to persuade contracting business owners that their CSRs need coaching. <laughs> That's what I do. So I, I, tr- I spread the good word. I talk about turning your call center into a profit center and give people all the tools they need in hopes that eventually they'll come back and say, hey, you know what? This is awesome. Can you do it for me? Yeah. That's all about. Well, we will put we'll, we'll put those skills to the test on this episode. And we'll yeah, see if uh, any of our listeners are persuaded by the end of this <laughs> uh, of this podcast to possibly look into power selling pros. So uh, let's, let, let's, I guess, first off you're in Utah. So when you say like the big tech sector and stuff, I, I honestly have no clue what you're talking about because I live on the East coast. So we're not near like Silicon Valley or anything. So what's that like? Yeah. Um, so you ever heard of Silicon slopes? Oh yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah. Utah Silicon slopes. Okay. And uh, when I, you know, when I graduated from college, I think blue collar companies don't recruit universities for yeah. plumbers and technicians. You know, when I was in all my career fairs as a college student, I never spoke to a heating and air company. Uh, the closest I ever got was CLED, Certified Electrical Distributors. They came and recruited, but that was pretty much it. It was all tech and, you know, 
financial services. So all my friends went to work at this big uh, tech company and I followed suit. At one point I left Power Slam Pros to go work at a tech company. Well, and it sucked. It was really, really terrible. You know, it's sexy and it's cool. And very yeah. exciting. You know, they've got lots of money and it's a really neat experience kind of seeing that side of the world. But as an employee, nah, it was just soul sucking. It was just soul sucking yeah. to go in every day and just be a feel like a number on a spreadsheet. You know, yeah. when I was employee like number 200 or something, 250 at this company. And I only was there for four months before I quit. And by then it had more than doubled. I wow. mean, it's just rapid, rapid growth, which some people yeah. love. Don't get me wrong, but um, I make way more money in the trades. I think if, if, if you're looking to, if you're looking to recruit or hire millennials or Gen Z's, just clip this podcast and go send it out with all your job ads. <laughs> and like, yeah. look, look, we're telling you the trades is a great place to work. Yeah. Those trades are sick. There's just such freedom and such great income potential that nobody really pays <laughs> yeah. attention to. What I like about it in particular is that it's not like the same thing every single day. Like it, it, there's new challenges to be solved every day in this industry versus when you work. I mean, I, I worked at a uh, my first job out of college was working at a big like Fortune 50 healthcare company doing web development. Mm. And it was like you get there every day, you do the same thing or making websites and we're doing yeah. the same thing every single day, every single day. And you're like at some point, it's just like, all right, there's got to be more to this. So. Yeah, that's what I like. I like the most about the trades is every day there's new challenges to tackle and and new boulders to move and all that good stuff. So, yeah, let's dive right into uh, power selling pros. So let's talk about some of the challenges facing call centers today. What what are some of the big things that you're seeing um, that contractors are facing when it comes to call centers? There's really five. Um, we when we started power selling pros, it was one thing. It was pretty much call conversion. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Brigham, uh, I think I may have mentioned he was doing pay-per-click mm -hmm. advertising for a plumbing company here in Salt Lake City. And they came to him and said, Brigham, we got to let you go. The leads you're generating are no good. They just want a ballpark price. They just want to know when we can come out there. They just want to talk to a technician. So they call conversion from you know, you're getting 100 calls, you're only booking 50 or 60 is the first problem, right? And so that's really the first thing we seek to address is Let's get your call conversion up to 90%. You should book 90% of the calls that come into your company. And that's really all there is to it. There's no reason not to. They need you. They need someone. If they don't book with you, they're going to book with somebody else. You should be the one to book that call. Um, so that's number one. Number two is customer experience. Um, Tommy Mello, when he when he referred he referred somebody to us a while back. And if you people may be familiar with who Tommy Mello is, right? He does. He wrote Home Service Millionaire, A1 Garage Door. Mm -hmm. And uh, when he referred somebody to us a few weeks back, he told them in their conversation, when my mom answered the phone, I never had to worry about making a sale as a technician because she set it up perfectly. I'm probably paraphrasing, right? Like this, <laughs> yeah. third hand, Tommy told this person, told me, telling you now. Um, but a CSR should create such an amazing experience over the phone that by the time your technician gets there, the customer's ready to move forward. They're ready to take action because yeah. the person who took their call was fantastic. Plus, if you're not amazing over the phone, like if you do not absolutely blow me away with fantastic customer service and ask amazing questions that just help me feel heard and seen and understood, if you can't do that, just let me book online. Just, just, just make it all automated. Do, yeah. Put robots on there. 
There's, there's really no difference at that point. You've got to wow the customer. That's the second thing. The third is you've got to have team alignment. And that's another problem that we try to address for a lot of people. Um, you know, the, the problem there is Sally's amazing when she answers the phone. And her your customers love talking to Sally. But then Joe answers, and it's the worst thing ever. It's just it's absolutely terrible. And so there's no alignment there. There's no consistency from customer A or to customer B's experience or the first CSR to the second CSR. It's all just, it depends on who answers the phone really. And yeah. that is no way to run your call center. Uh, the fourth thing is there's a lot of, uh, we hear this all the time. I call it the cool uncle effect. You know, if your mom and dad tell you to clean your room, you, you never touch it. You don't care. But then your cool uncle comes over and he's like, your room looks disgusting, Eric. And then next thing you know, your room's clean because you're cool <laughs> to get your act together. Yeah. And that's another reason people reach out to us. If it's not call conversion or customer experience or team alignment, it's I've been preaching this stuff. You know, I'm, I'm doing it till I'm blue in the face. I tell my CSRs all the time how to get their act together or how to really amaze the customer and they don't do it. What's, what gives? And oftentimes, yeah. well, you're the boss. You know, they, they see every day and sometimes they just need that third party voice to come in and, you know, deliver the message and just yeah. say it in our way. And that's what gets it through. It gets it across and gets them to actually change. Uh, the fifth and final thing is um, we just take it off people's plates. You know, people know they're, they value training. They know their people want training. Uh, an employee who's trained is far more productive than an employee who's not, but they don't have time. So they say, hey, will you do it for me? And then we just take it off their plate. Yeah, those are really the core, five core problems that co contractors run into that cause them to reach out to us and get some coaching. Yeah. So, so kind of digging into the uh, the cool uncle thing, what what's a way that I guess like a boss or maybe a CSR manager or someone can get their people to, I guess, adhere some of these changes. Uh, in the call center without having to call in, you know, the cool uncle, like if they're listening to this right now and they're like, I want to do it myself. Yeah. I, I want to try doing this myself first or, um, and, and this could be for anything. It doesn't have to just be for CSR. Cause you know, as managers, you see this everywhere. Uh, if you, you could be managing a service department or uh, you could be managing a, a plumbing division and you, it might just come down to the fact that the people might not respect you, but uh, what's something that you think some advice you would give, in regards to getting them to listen to their parents before listening to the cool uncle? Excellent question. I, uh, I learned this actually recently listening to a guy named Brett Ledbetter. He, he doesn't work in the trades. He works with sports teams, uh, you know, college professional athletes, uh, specifically their coaching staff. Mm -hmm. And he helps them create winning environments in their teams. And he, he was asked, what is the common thread you see in all of the teams that you go in and try to help, right? Every, every situation is so unique and so contextual. So if I were to give a blanket statement and say, oh, here's how to do it, it probably wouldn't be effective for 90% of people listening. Uh, but I love the way he answered this question because he basically said, the thing you have to really get right is how you define, manage, and model your expectations, have you defined for your CSRs exactly what success looks like? Do they know what their booking rate should be? Do they know what a wow customer experience looks and feels and sounds like? Do they know 
how to offer an additional service, sell a maintenance plan, get, get an upsell on, you know, a drain cleaning or a duct cleaning or an IEQ product. Have you defined your expectations clearly enough? Most of the time they haven't. They just think it's answering the phones. How hard could it possibly be? Yeah. So you've got to really define your expectations, number one. Number two is you've got to manage your expectations as well. People, there's a reason in elementary school, it's first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, right? Until 12th grade. And then you go to college. I mean, you don't have to go to college. <laughs> I, I certainly hated college, but uh, you, we grow in progression. It's a progression. You yeah. go from in, in the CSR world, we our program is actually structured level one, level two, level three, and level four. And so your CSRs grow over time as they master more complex skills and they're able to go from following a script to creating a unique experience for every single customer that calls in and offering an additional service on virtually every single call. Yeah. So they you have to manage your expectations and look for small gains over time as opposed to giant moonshots. Right, right off the bat. They're not yeah. going to respond the first time you try to teach them. They're just not. And then the third thing is modeling the expectations. I think the biggest mistake that people in general, business owners, managers, service managers, teachers, coaches, trainers, you name it, is they try to explain the answer to everything. They try to explain what they're looking for from their team. Just model it. Literally just do the thing that you want them to do. Show them how it's done. Uh, last yeah. Monday, I was visiting a company for a full day of CSR training, mm -hmm. and they were asking some really complex questions. And if I were to just give them an answer like, oh, you should do it like this, there's no guarantee that would work. You know, every every call is so different. So instead, I just said, let's let's role play it. Let's practice it. All right, I'll be the CSR. You be the customer. I want you to be the most relentless customer you can possibly be. Just badger me for a price until I cave. And then I demonstrate how it's done. I actually answered their phones while I was in their office that day to demonstrate how this stuff goes. So as a business owner, if you want to do it yourself, that's great. You got to define, manage, and model your expectations. If you can't do that, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, don't know what you're, I don't know what you're looking for. Yeah. You have to do those three things really, really well. And most people miss that. Yeah. Well, I, I like the, yeah, like show, don't tell type of deal where, especially in, especially with, with CSR related roles. I mean, like you said, there's a million different scenarios that you could role play and a million different, you know, ways a phone call could go. It's better to just, you know, show them versus saying, Oh, you should have asked this question instead, or you should have done this instead. Yeah. Um, Let me give so, you another script. Here's your, here's your 15th script. Like go add this. To the, yeah. Just, just model it. Just set some principles that apply to every single call. And model it. Show them how it's done. Yeah. Practice it with them. So would you? So would you suggest that uh, maybe not a CSR manager, but an owner of a heating and air conditioning company? Because a lot of the listeners of this are owners or um, general managers or, or something along those lines. Uh, would you suggest that maybe they should be just as good, if not better, at the CSR role than their CSRs, or at least have the understanding of? how to take a call, like how to field a customer call? That's a good question. You need to have empathy first. You need to empathize. When I hear a business owner say it's just answering the phones, and that doesn't happen a lot, but every once in a while, someone will say, it's just answering the phones. How hard could it be? 
And I'm like, it's harder than you think. It's not like it's not the easiest thing in the world to talk to customers for eight hours. So you got to have empathy, number one. And number two, you don't have to be better than them at it. That you shouldn't be. Ideally, your CSR should be way better than you would answer the phones. Yeah. If you're better than all your employees at the stuff they do, you have a problem. You want to hire people who are more skilled than you. Um, but you do need to be willing to do it. You need to be willing to hop on the phone and embarrass yourself, potentially. Um, yeah, I, I don't think any business owner needs to be great at answering the phones. Mm-hmm. But they need to be willing to do what they're asking their people to do. They need yeah. to be willing to say, let's let's do this together and pick up a phone call. And if necessary, fall flat on their face so that they can gain some greater perspective and really work collaboratively collaboratively with their team to come up with a better process. Um, your team, because your team will trust you at that point. They see that they, he's going to do, he or she is going to do exactly what they're asking me to do. And they're going to get my honest input on how we should approach it. Yeah. I think that's far more important than being skilled at it yourself. Yeah. So do you all coach people to do role-playing? Like, do you do role-playing with your CSR uh, clients that you have? All the time. And people hate it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I hate role-playing. Yeah. So I don't do role-playing. And I I do this for a living. <laughs> yeah. But it's nerve, it's nerve-wracking when you're in a room full of your peers and you're like, oh, boy, I'm up next. Yeah. But uh, it's there's definitely a ton of value in it. I even sometimes I even role play like podcast interview questions before like the podcast, because I'm like, I got to make sure at least I've mapped it out in my head what I'm going to say. So, um, so how often do you all recommend companies to role play with their CSRs? You can never do it too much. People, people hate it, but you, you, it makes you good. It makes you freaking good. Uh, And I wouldn't just role play. I would listen to your calls with it. So the way that we do it is we listen to the phone calls with the CSRs and play it back for them so they can hear it. And that by itself will automatically make them better because they're going to listen to themselves and they're going to think, I sound like that. That's (laughs) really what it's like. And I guarantee you they're going to make changes just based on hearing themselves. Yeah. After you actually play the call with them so they can hear it, then you say, let's practice it now. Let's role play this part of the call where it all fell apart. Mm-hmm. The customer told you they wanted to shop around. They, they were looking for a ballpark price. You couldn't give them exactly what they wanted. So they hung up. Let's practice that part right there until we get it right. Yeah. And everybody complains. Everybody gives the same complaint, which is, oh, it, it's just not the same. You know, It's not natural and normal to role play like it is on the phone. That's great. That's fine. That that means it should come even more naturally when you do get on the phone because you've mm-hmm. already done it in an uncomfortable situation. Yeah. That combination though, I mean, I think you should do it every week, personally. I think a business whoever does the one-on-ones or the interviews with the employees should sit down and say, let's listen to your calls. Okay, let's practice it and do that every single week for at least 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, when we we do it twice a month with the CSRs, so we get on with them every two weeks. And that's what we do. We just work through their calls with them. We practice, we give them feedback, hold them accountable. And it's, it's just impossible not to get better that way. Listening to yourself and practicing with a coach, you know, how can you not improve? Yeah. It's just like sports. You know, a lot of people like they 
they think that role playing is like torture. They're like punishment. They're like, oh, this is this is terrible. They're making me role play the first 15 seconds of this phone call from when I answered until I got their information. But it's just like sports. Like if you play baseball, I I can only, can only do this reference because I played baseball growing up. But like if you played shortstop, you took ground balls. And like you would take 10 ground balls, like practicing doing a double play, throwing it to second base. You would take 10 ground balls, throwing it to first base. You would take 10 ground balls, pretending that the bases are loaded and you're throwing it home. Yeah. You would do, and and that was it. And it was like, you're doing this every single day. Over and over. It, we weren't going out there at practice and saying, all right, guys, we're going to have a two and a half hour game, real game simulation. And that's it. No, we'd go out there for an hour and it would be, 10 minutes doing this one drill, 10 minutes doing this one drill, 10 minutes doing this one drill. And then we would go play a real game after that game and say, all right, you know, we effed up here, here, and here. We're practicing those three things the next two days. So, and it's the same thing with role-playing like the CSR is, um, you, you know, naturally you're not going to want to role-play an entire 10 minute conversation, but you can role-play small parts of it yeah. where, the, where they struggle. Yeah. Right. But we, we do exactly what you're talking about with athletes. We just, the repetition of those little tiny pieces of it. Mm-hmm. We go over the greeting ad nauseum until they've mastered their greeting. Because we know that a customer's judging you the moment they hear your tone of voice. If they don't like how you sound when you pick up that call, they're immediately thinking to themselves, I wish I'd have called someone else. Yep. Let me see if I can come up with a reason to hang up on this company. Let me see what excuse I can give them. Oh, it's the price. They tell you it's too expensive. And then the CSR convinces themselves, oh, it's the price. It's not the price. Yeah. Your competitors are not that differently priced. The customer is going to make a choice based on that. It's how you sound when you pick up the phone. So we, Matt, we go over the greeting, the type of question you ask at the beginning of the call, what questions you ask to show that you understand them, what phrases you use to empathize when something's wrong. The words that you use to reassure them and to focus on what you can do for the customer, how yeah. you ask for their business. I, we just break it down these tiny, tiny little pieces because as you get better over and over again at perfecting each little tiny element of it, just like an athlete would, you know, you, you got to work on your shoulder, your shoulder rotation when you're swinging the bat, you got to work on your hips, you got to work on mm-hmm. your feet. Okay. Next, let's go to the infield and let's all these tiny little details. It's the same thing over the phone. Same thing in the home with your technicians. Same thing with your managers when they do meetings and one-on-ones. You got to get the reps on those little tiny details and zoom in on them. Yeah, absolutely. So before they, you know, before someone calls, they typically go on Google or they get a referral from uh, the next door app or a Facebook group or a family friend. Then they're saying, I'm looking for duck repair, or I'm looking for a quote for a new heating and air conditioning system. They do some looking around online. They go on your website and they either pick up the phone and call, or they fill out a contact form. Or if yeah. you have the scheduling thing, they can schedule on your website. So let's just say they go on there and they fill out the contact form. What is some best practices that you believe a company should have in regards to the contact form experience? Hmm, that's a great question. First of all, why do you have forms on your website still? You can have chat and it can be 10 times faster. I'm being facetious, of course, right? Yeah. Forms, forms still work to a degree. Um, 
but speed, be quick, be as fast as you possibly can in getting back to them. When they fill out a form or anything of that nature, as soon as they click submit, it's a race because they're going to go to someone else's website next. Mm -hmm. So be as fast as you possibly can is the best thing. Um, I, I'm a huge advocate of web chat. I'm sure you guys probably install web chat on people's sites. Oh, right? yeah. Rival digital. Oh, yeah. Dude, get, give them the fastest possible path to a solution. Yeah. A form is the equivalent. You know, forms are really great in like 2010, 2015. <laughs> but it's basically a way of saying, click here and we'll see, we'll see what happens next. Yeah. Like, no guarantee anybody's even going to respond. Yeah. So be as fast as humanly possible. And then give that customer a call. Don't don't email them back. Don't like email them a response. Call them and say, hey, this is Zach with Power Selling Pros. I'm giving you a call because I just got your form, right? Give them the context of why you're calling. I just got your form saying you need some help with your, your air ducts or you got an air conditioner that's blowing warm air. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. And then ask, tell me more. Yeah. Uh, I, I use tell me more all the time with my CSRs. It's the best first question to ask a customer in a situation. Tell me more. I like that. There's your there's your golden nugget for everyone listening. They they always want to know which one it is. I think that's it right there. Tell me more. Because a lot more. of times people, I mean, I'm guilty of this too. And I try to I try not to do this when hosting you know the podcast. Some people just talk too much. Like <laughs> I try my best to ask a question and then just like back off. But yeah, like I feel like people do that even in like selling situations. They want to just go on and on and on instead of just saying, What's the reason for your call? Like yeah. not I mean, maybe not that direct, but Tell me more about what's going on. How yeah. can we help you today? And then just shut up and listen to them. You can tell a CSR or salesperson or anybody for that matter is not confident in their skills if they keep talking. The more a CSR or technician talks in a persuasive selling situation, the less confident they are. The most confident ones ask questions and they shut up and they listen to the answer. They clarify for understanding and then they ask another question. As soon as you stop asking questions and start preaching to the customer or talking, you lose control mm-hmm. because then they're going to start asking questions. And the person who asks the questions guides the conversation. So tell me more. How long has it been doing that? When did, when did this happen? What brand is it? We can certainly help. When would you like us to come out? Let's yeah. get some information. Let's take a look at the schedule together. Where are you located? Just question after question after question, strategically placed, asked with the right tone of voice. That's how you book 90 plus percent of your calls and turn your call center into a profit center, really. Boom. So are you are you guys in favor of collecting the contact information before all of the other diagnostic questions? No, no. We want to connect with the customer first. Um, okay. Some people have a problem with that because software. They'll say, hey, my, you know, I use this software and we can't do anything in the software until we get the customer's information to which I say, use a sticky note. The customer experience is more important than your software process. Yeah. So I, I always answer the phone with, thanks for calling, thanks for calling Power Slowing Pros. This is Zach speaking. How can I make you smile today? And then they say, my air conditioner is not working or, you know, I've got a leaky faucet or I've got, you know, it's, I set the thermostat to 73 and it's, 68 degrees in my house is freezing. I don't know what's going on. I say, tell me more. When did you notice that? Tell me more. What else? Well, we can definitely help that. I'm glad you gave us a call. When would you like us to come out? And they say, I want you to come out as soon as possible. And I'm not going to just give them that, right? And the next thing I'm going to say is, all right, well, let's get some information 
And then let's take a look at the schedule together. Where are you located? Now I can get their information, all that logistics. Yeah. If you go for the logistics at the beginning, again, just put a robot on your website, automate the whole thing. You're no, you're no different than a, than a robot at that point. Connect with them first, empathize, show them you understand their problem and how it's affecting their life. Then you have permission to ask for their information. But if you lead with the address and that stuff, it's essentially like going to the doctor and saying, doc, my head hurts. I've got this pounding headache. It's, it's driving me crazy. I can't see out of my left eye. And the doctor starts with, well, who's your insurance provider? Yeah. You're not going to, what? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Give attention before you take information. Yeah. That, that's a really good point. I, I actually never thought of it that way where like the doctor, uh, scenario they just gave or and another thing with doctors too is you go up and you tell the person at the front desk what's going on and then the doctor comes in and instead of looking at the clipboard saying oh you've got this 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 and this they always say so tell me like what's going on yep. they have you say it again because there's i mean there's always the the second you're in there you might say something different than what he's already gotten written down but you might say something else that you may have thought of or missed when you're at the front desk yeah. To that point, I always tell technicians to start their interactions with, you know, once they're actually in the customer's home, they should start with, hey, the office, is, the office has already briefed me on your situation, but if you wouldn't mind, could you tell me a little more in your own words what's going on? And just, again, be, be curious. You're not making them repeat themselves. You're being curious. And curiosity yeah. is the key. It's awesome. Well, we have a few more questions here before we wrap up. Uh, this one was something I was thinking about earlier when you were making your um, your initial five points. What I what happens if you have a CSR who's like a rock star? They're awesome. They're the I guess you were, her name was Susie in your uh, I guess in your example. Yeah. You, you got some. You got Susie who's amazing. She's just she kills it. She decides she's going to go work for ABC Mechanical next door, and now you're stuck with Joe and all the other people who aren't as good. Uh, where do you go from there? <laughs> okay. I'll, t I'll tell you, actually, um, this happened last week. Uh, a business owner, this happened with me. This happened with a company we coached last week. And no one does this. Uh, a business owner whose CSRs we coach reached out to our director of operations last week and said, hey, my CSR just put in her two weeks notice. I don't want to lose her. Would you call her? Would you talk to her? So our director of operations literally got on the phone with this CSR, asked her some questions, curiosity, right? Not mm -hmm. judgment, just curiosity. What's going on? What do you want? You know, I thought we thought you liked it. What's, what's the problem? Tell me specifically what your challenges are. Just digging and asking. And the CSR changed her mind. She decided to withdraw her two weeks notice and stick with the company. When I left Power Slaying Pros to go work in tech, I would not have come back to PSP were it not for Brigham reaching out to me to see how I was doing and if I wanted to change a pace, wanted to come back. Follow up with your superstar employees who leave. Check in on them. See how they're doing. Yeah. It's not always rainbows and butterflies on the other side. They may be yeah. in their minds wishing, gosh, I wish I could get my old job back. Like this sucks. So yeah. the first thing is, don't, don't let them go all the way. Follow up. Reach back out. See how they're doing. If you've got your superstar technician who just left, reach out in a month and see if everything is exactly how he wanted it. If he wants to change the pace, he's invited to come back. Uh, if they do leave, though, and you want to figure out how to make sure your 
current team rises up to that level they were at, you again, manage, uh, define, manage, model your expectations appropriately. Give your team principles to follow, not strict processes only. Processes are very effective for streamlining your operations. But when we train CSRs, you'd be shocked at how little we rely on scripting to teach them. Yeah. We're not scripting the CSRs. We teach them eight principles on every call. You should be positive. You should be confident. You should listen to the customer, show them that you care, reassure them you can help, ask for their business, build value before you give a price, and express your sincere gratitude. If you do those eight things on every call, you're going to be a superstar. You yeah. will. It's not a script. There's a million different ways you can apply those principles. And doing it that way gives your team a lot of freedom, a lot of confidence to be themselves and to, you know, if, if you script them, if you try to give them exact things they have to do, then they just get in their heads and they try to be safe. Uh, and, you know, they're more afraid of making a mistake than they are eager to make a difference. Yeah. And that's what you want to avoid there. Yeah. But so I, digress. What are the, I digress. But I digress. <laughs> So what, uh, what, in your opinion, are the qualities of a good CSR? Maybe like, okay, so I guess I'll take a step back on this question. Recruitment is always a challenge. Finding good CSRs is always a challenge. Um, yeah. So when you're hiring for CSRs and you're in the interviewing process with these folks, what, what are some of the qualities that you would advise someone to be on the lookout for of a good CSR in the making? That's a great question. Uh, full disclosure, I'm not an expert in hiring, but I do know that we have our recruiting department. They look for attitude. Put simply, like they want, it's nice to have somebody with industry experience who knows the language. You can teach your CSRs the language of the industry, right? They can, we, we, we put together these classes called HVAC 101 and Plumbing 101 to teach new CSRs how to speak the language of the industry. Just because we believe so strongly that Attitude is the most important thing. If your CSRs, those eight traits I just mentioned, if they're positive, if they're confident, if they're great listeners, very empathetic, they're they're always focused on what they can do, not what they cannot do. If they're proactive and asking good questions to get the actual business, if they know how to build value and you know can kind of have that ability to sell a little bit and are grateful. I recognize that's kind of a long list, but the short answer is it's attitude. It's energy it's how do people feel when they're interacting with them yeah. if they have that that's the most important thing you can teach you can teach them everything else yeah that reminds me of a story of uh, a company was, i think it's yarborough and sons um tucker yar yarborough he was on a recruitment panel with me down at service world expo this year and he was telling a story of a technician that they got and the guy was uh, working at subway and Tucker was in there, you know, getting his lunch or dinner, you know, every once in a while. And this kid was just constantly in there just grinding and super happy. It was just the nicest, most down to earth subway employee you've ever met in your life. That's and awesome. he was just constantly had a smile on his face and was happy and going above and beyond. And one day, uh, Tucker or whoever might've been his father who's with them. They pretty much just said like, Hey, we're hiring for, you know, a decent amount per hour, probably more than what you get now. Would you be interested in this subway? You know, he was making sandwiches at subway and then 
like two years later, he's a service technician for an HVAC company, like with a, you know, with a full career. Man, I love it. It's because he had a good attitude and a good work ethic. He didn't know a single thing about fixing heating and air conditioning systems, but he had the attitude, which is what they needed. Yeah. We, uh, we trained a company a couple months ago. They have 40 technicians. Their highest earning technician is 19 years old. Wow. This kid, this kid's going to make over $200,000 this year. And he's 19 in, in an industry where people wear their experience, like a badge of honor. You know, I've been doing this for 20 years. I've been doing this for 30 years. I've, we have a long history. Everybody says the same stuff, right? Every, every website says trusted, reliable, friendly, kind, you know, been in business since 1970. This kid's 19. He wasn't even alive in 1970. <laughs> he was the highest performing technician at this company <laughs> by far. And when we asked the team, why is so-and-so here the so successful? You know, what is the secret? One of the, one of the older guys in the back with all the experience said, he smiles too much. And I said, well, get a grin, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> smiling his way to the bank. Is yeah. what absolutely amazing gotta have that attitude yeah absolutely well zach is there is there anything that i may have missed uh that you wanted to cover today in this episode i think uh the only thing i would add is going back to the question how do you do it yourself be consistent you're not going to be perfect training your people you're not going to be perfect getting their performance up to the right level but if you are wildly consistent about it you and them will both get better over time. Don't let training, a lot of companies will come to us and be like, oh, training, you know, it's the flavor of the month. Don't let training be the flavor of the month. Make it something that you do every single week, not just as a group, but one-on-one. Do those one-on-ones with your team. If you do that every week, even if you have no clue what you're doing, but you just need to let your team know we're we're training right now. That's, That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to accomplish. We're trying to get better at our jobs. Set that side of time, do it consistently. You will be astonished at what happens in a year. You look back in a year and listen to a phone call from 12 months ago and think to yourself, holy crap, look at how dramatic the difference is just because of consistency. Yeah. Awesome. Just like you guys tell people with marketing, when somebody comes to you after one month and they're like, where's my leads? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah, obviously, you know, you got to plant seeds and, and water it and make sure it's getting sunlight and all that good stuff. You can't just rip a tree out from next door, plant it in your yard and expect it to yeah, continue you growing. Time. You got to yeah. get time. You got to invest in it and build your reputation. Absolutely. Well, Zach, yeah. I appreciate you joining me today on the podcast. Uh, what, what's a good way for, for folks to reach out to you if they are interested in learning more about Power Selling Pros? PowerSellingPros.com. PowerSellingPros.com. You can uh, schedule a free call with us. Either myself or Ryan Keenan will get on the phone with you, or you can request a free training sample. You just put your name and email on our website and we'll send you a free sample of our training so you can take a look and see if it's right for you. Nice. Awesome. Well, Zach, I appreciate you taking the time to join me uh, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Eric. It's a pleasure. Awesome. All right. Take care. Thank you for tuning in for another episode. If you're an HVAC contractor in need of digital marketing services, contact us today at www.rivaldigital.com.